In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 398. That's right. What are we talking about tonight? Surprisingly, we're actually talking about a current issue. Uh, whether that Whoa! Makes, whether that makes people happy or not. Entire, well, we know, we know, what a, we know what an, an anonymous fan will be happy. Someone by the name of, uh, like, uh, Ryren Mumsy or something like that what might, be, might, <laughs> might be happy that we're... But we're doing uh, issue three of the Green Lantern uh, that just came out today, <laughs> technically. Uh, so we will be doing we will be doing that as as the second part of this episode. And Chad has something that I'm so he gave me a brief, ever so brief uh, heads up on what the subject is, but I have no specifics about it. So that will, our first segment is a mystery to me too. So <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um... Mark, uh, Mark's not usually on Twitter. It's just not something he likes or, or messes with. So I'm usually the one running the the LanternCast Twitter account. So I posted a thread over there the other day, uh, just sort of ranting about something. And surprise, it's Funko related. So, 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 so here's the deal. And I've got the thread pulled up, and I can either straight up read it, or I, I'm just gonna try and recap it rather than read it. Right. Okay. So. Uh, let's see here. I just want to make sure. So back on March 13th, around 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, I placed an order for the Walgreens exclusive Gambit pop that was a shared exclusive for the Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, I placed that order, and then like within a day or a few hours of doing that, the Walgreens exclusive Beta Ray Bill also went live. That one is not a con shared exclusive, but uh, I ordered those. I want to say within 24 hours of less or less of each other back on March 13th. That was basically within an hour or two or less from when they were launched and went live on Walgreens.com. So basically, I ordered them as quickly as humanly possible. So I belong to a Facebook group. There are a lot of Facebook groups across the country, mostly in major cities, mid-sized cities, things like that, for people who are fans of Funko. And what these groups do is, at least in my group, uh, it's local people sharing photos of their collection or trading with each other, selling with, to each other for decent prices rather than insane markups, uh, talking about events, uh, announcing news of new Funkos being released, that, that sort of thing. Well, the past couple of days... Um, about a week ago, uh, I had been seeing photos of local Austin Walgreens showing up and having the Beta Ray Bill pop in there uh, at multiple locations and multiple of the Beta Ray Bills. 
a couple of people even showed photos of the gambit on the shelves at these wall these Walgreens. So I found my order numbers. I double checked my junk folders and everything. I didn't have anything, so I called Walgreens. I gave the lady the order numbers, the two different order numbers. She checked on them. They're still in progress. Blah blah blah. This is around my lunch hour. Uh, and, and this, this, when I did all this was about five days ago as we record this, it's May 6th now. Um, and she confirmed they were still going, right? Well, that evening I got two emails from Walgreens, both of them, the same thing, but one about each order order is canceled due to out of stock. <laughs> How do these stores have these things by the ass load in physical condition at the locations. And I'm in, I'm in Austin. I know Austin's a big city. It's, you know, it's not New York or San Diego. It's a mid-sized, I want to say ish city. Um, and multiple locations across this one city have tons of these things. How does Walgreens.com Say they're out of stock. Now, within an hour of me getting that email, I grabbed my keys, went down to one of the, the Walgreens that were pictured on my Facebook group, and guess what? I got a Beta Ray bill. And then that weekend, I went to Kyle, Texas, which is where my sister lives, 15, 20-minute drive from me, and I had to pick up something at the store. Walmart. As I was grabbing that, Walgreens was right across the street. I was like, you know what? Let me just check this Walgreens. As luck would have it, they had one Gambit pop, and it was in perfect condition. So I had found within two days of getting that email, both pops in person at these stores. Even the rarer one, the Gambit, Conix shared exclusive. How is it possible that they cancel Online orders for, quote, out of stock for people who ordered these things day they were announced and available for order. One, am I being unreasonable because you're the toy guy and, and some of this maybe pre-order logistics or stocking stores or what an online store has versus what their in-stores have or whatever. Maybe these are all logistics that you're more aware of than I am. So first of all, my question is, is my outrage justified? And second of all, there has to there has to be a way for Funko or somebody to hold these places accountable. Accountable. If you're going to have exclusives, these pops that are only going to be at your store, at your your company, your location, Walmart exclusives, Walgreens exclusives, um, there are Best Buy exclusives, and I'm not going to name them all, but they they exist. Shouldn't you have some sort of an agreement with them that they should meet expectations? Because you have a shared agreement with these stores that they have exclusive pops that they'll only sell in your stores. But you know people like your product. So there has to be some sort of agreement or expectation that the people who are after your product should be able to get their hands on it. Now, we know it's a collectible and that sort of alters things. But at least in terms of how the store handles said orders. Because this is not the first time this has happened. And this is not the first time this has happened just with Walgreens. I've had this happen with Walmart, too. 
And speaking of other agreements, when Walmart ships things, sometimes these Funkos will ship in a box. But more often than not, like I said, these Funko groups that I'm a part of on Facebook show photos of like their collection. But also when they get a bad shipment. Places like Hot Topic and Walmart, I have personally experienced this. Ship the pops in a shipping bag by themselves, not in a sorter box, not in a pop protector, just in a bag. And you can imagine how beat to hell those boxes are. So it's kind of a twofold question there for you, man. Am, 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 am I being unreasonable? And does the Funko company have any sort of right to make these stipula- kinds of stipulations on the people who they have exclusive agreements for? Or th- that's just not something that is done in these days? Well, I want to talk about that shipping thing at the, just because it's something <clears throat> that's related to something that just happened to me. Not Funko related, but it's in, but those magic uh, – the, the shipping bags or envelopes, it's, it's a – that's a whole other thing, but I'll come back to that. Uh, I don't. Th- I think I'm trying to be objective, as I always try to be. I think the reality is, you certainly have a right to be upset. I think if you if you have an exclusive, and because we know this is how it works with other with just online toy toy stores, we know whether it's Entertainment Earth or whether it's Big Bad Toy Store, we know. That they only have a certain amount of product that they're gonna pre they do pre orders on, which does not mean they're not gonna get any more of it ever. It just means that they that they 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 must be they must be notified or they have a reasonable expectation that we're going to we can't assume we're gonna have any more than this number. We know or we feel confident we're gonna have this number. We don't feel we we can't feel any more anything beyond that. Our confidence level wanes tremendously. Because we know what, when it comes to pre-orders, especially pops, but not just pops, there comes a point where something is is sold out on pre-order. And sometimes, depending on where you are, sometimes they end up getting some in stock. Sometimes that's everything that they sold. They sold their allotment, and they're done. But either way, there is obviously some accounting system of based on the number that, that they know that they're getting or they expect to get. Now. Yes, Walgreens is smaller, but even though Walmart wouldn't have this excuse. Uh, but the reality is Walgreens, if they're going to be taking online orders for this without something weird happening, and, and I guess they could try to wrap this into co- maybe into a COVID situation where the supplies are a lot more limited, uh, though you would think you'd, you would put something on back order, not necessarily cancel it. You think you would naturally go to back order first, even if you think you're going to end up having to cancel it. You think you'd put it on back order first. Uh, just because number one it buys you time, and number two that's kind of the progression of things. Now, it's possible that w- whether it's COVID related or just something else related, that Walgreens has ended up getting a lot fewer in throughout the entire company that they expected, and maybe the way these the stock is divvied up, maybe they decide. For what it, whether it was completely intentional or whether it was just the way it, it turned out, they decided to use those resources and put them in the stores. I would think that would be the opposite. I think while a lot of people obviously do go to the stores and buy, obviously a lot of people love to get online because it's more convenient. So the only thing I could realistically think of that would – and it still doesn't make people feel better and it may not truly justify – 
the cancellation of the online orders uh, would be if they had a dramatically reduced amount of stock based on what they were supposed to get versus what they did get, and then they just had to do what they they could with the allotment. Now, from you uh, being on some of these groups, have you looked into by asking people whether this has been common for these items? Yeah, it's it's been common because um, th- this happened to me. Uh, I, I posted it in the thread. Uh, th- I know it's happened for others for Walgreens. But it's happened before with me um, because uh, last year. Right, but I mean when, for this. But I mean for this for these two particular pops that have a lot. Oh, 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 oh! Yes, uh, there were already pop, there were already posts about this. Um, uh, so I was one of the first ones to make something, and then after I opened the floodgates, so you got comment after comment of uh, they canceled my order or whatever. But. What was really interesting it was it was I had posted it after I got off the phone with Walgreens that day, uh, again around lunchtime, <clears throat> and I said, "Look, guys, uh, I, I understand COVID nineteen and everything. There's a there's a there's a delay. I just wanted to check with you guys for for those people in this group who ordered these two pops online only. Have you received these yet, or is everybody still waiting for them?" And most of the comments, first of all, were like, oh, yeah, man, I got mine two weeks ago, which I was like, oh, shit, here we go. And then the rest of the comments after that were like, I just got a cancellation. I just got a cancellation. And I checked my email. Yep, I got a cancellation. I thought it was really weird, too, that it just so ha- – like, I hadn't heard uh, an, a single thing about an update on when this thing was supposed to ship or whatever via email. Nothing. But the day I called to check in on it, that's when they decided to tell me that it's canceled. Could just be coincidence, but I thought that was shifty, whatever. Um, but yes, uh, this has happened for other people with these two specific pops. Yes. And not just one other person, but several others. So because of that, I'm going to work under the assumption that their stock on these were reduced. Um now this was a this was was this just a Walgreens shared exclusive or one of them or with with Seattle with uh, Seattle with, with so so the Gambit was a it was a Walgreens exclusive but it was an Emerald City Comic Con shared exclusive okay. um, uh, whereas the Beta Ray Bill was just a Walgreens exclusive the same way like the that Hot Topic uh, Venomized Goblin was a, right. was a in all Hot Topics but only Hot Topics so. Yeah, the only thing to me that would make sense would be, especially if if seemingly some people got their pre-orders in, they they actually were shipped, is that they had reduced they had reduced stock for whatever reason they had less, they had less, and or it was a it was allotted differently than they expected, and maybe it was something even originally, maybe it was a mistake even the fact that they thought they were going to be getting more shipped. You know, to the fulfillment warehouse, and they ended up getting more shipped to the stores, and then it's like we had to, we had to scramble because clearly they're not gonna. It doesn't make any sense for them to pull them, you know, pull them out of stores to send back, you know, to to repl- do an online order unless for some reason they've been sitting on somebody's shelf for like a month and they're not selling them. Then 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 that would be understandable. It's like, hey, if you have if you have four of these, could we have, could you could you send two back? Uh, that's the only thing I could think of. It is odd though with the, with these with you know with the emerald. Shared exclusive because you would think they would have more to send out because of the fact that they were obviously they never held that con. So 
Um, I don't know. I I think you're I think you're right. I think you have a right to be upset. I think they I think at the very least they owe an explanation. I think they should. I think as a company they should give an explanation, and even if it's just blowing smoke, they should say something to justify, you know, to say why they're doing this. Especially if, especially if it seems like there's a large number of people who have had her in the same boat that their orders their orders were canceled. Uh, I I think that I think that's something that they they owe you. And, and good. No, no, yeah, for sure. I I. Uh... After I had posted that sort of thread rant or whatever, I went and did like a keyword search on Twitter. And I posted uh, or rather retweeted the tweets where people were saying the same thing. And at some point I just started calling them exhibits. <laughs> and I got all the way to exhibit G. So <laughs> I'm def- and not only in my group, but also just in general on Twitter – I definitely wasn't the only one experiencing this, and I I wanted to bring it up because it's not the first time this has happened with Walgreens, and it's not the first time it's happened just with Funkos in general. Because back in uh, last year, I ordered a Walmart exclusive, which was the Spider-Man Far From Home Mysterio Glow in the Dark Pop. That order got canceled, and then I saw that pop everywhere. At their local stores. So, one of two things is happening based on what you said. Either Funko is not telling these people the right numbers of the units that they're supposed to get, or these stores are just throwing up online orders and not putting in any sort of limit on it and going, let's just see how many orders we get, and then we'll meet it with whatever stock we're given, and everybody else will cancel. Either way, somebody's not meeting basic business practice expectations that I would put on somebody, and these agreements should be revisited in some way, shape, or form, because... and and. Full full stop. I understand, guys, that COVID nineteen is everywhere and the the economy is crazy. And I'm even lucky to have a job and have the money to blow on pops to even have this argument. So don't don't get me wrong. I'm not so bent out of shape. It's ruining my whole life. But this has happened consistently with Funkos, um, and it's just given how popular they are, how many licenses that they are able to. Uh, attached to and use and and how widespread it has become you would just you would think that they they'd have some sort of uh accountability clause or something with the people that they're doing these shared exclusives with and so many of them continually shit the bed on it walgreens does this walmart does this the um when i ordered the uh dawnbreaker pop the hot topic exclusive batman dawnbreaker pop that came in a bag I have heard recently that the Hot Topic has done a little bit better, but guess who their sister store is? Box Lunch. Box Lunch hasn't been doing very good, and they've been shipping things in bags for some people. I follow some people on YouTube who unbox Funkos like Box Attack uh, or whatever, and they'll be opening stuff that sometimes it's just in a bag, and you're just totally screwed. There has to be some sort of accountability with these, and it's just... Maybe it's the mistake of trying to make Funkos collectible, but at this point, they, they, they just flat out are. Whether you keep them in the box or out, it shouldn't matter what your preference is. You should treat these like collectibles because that's what everybody does. 
you don't have billions of licenses and and all of these uh, various store exclusives. If it was like, it would be one thing if if Walmart was like, hey, look, the only exclusives we're gonna get are Disney related and Marvel related and DC related because that's you probably what's gonna sell in our toy sections or or whatever. Uh, we don't want any other licenses. But they get the most every one of these stores. When they get exclusives, they get the most random exclusive types. It, it could be anime, it could be TV, it could be movie, it, it doesn't matter. So I I don't know. It, it's sort of driving me nuts. It's sort of understood by not just the people who buy these things, but by these these shared retailers that partner with Funko that these things are big. And people buy them because they collect them or buy them because they look cool. But most people who buy them collect them in some way, shape, or form, whether they collect Funko or they just collect that specific line, like I have all of the community pops. So knowing inherently that they have collectability value, having some sort of a clause that protects them during shipping or you know guarantees that uh, we're going to, any online orders are placed, those are honored and met, like that sort of thing, just seems like a, a, a good business practice whether it's on funko for giving them the right units or whether it's on the store for making sure that their online orders have a limit based on the units they're told they're given i think part of i think probably part of the issue is ultimately when you're not a toy store and and more even more specifically when you're not an online exclusive let's say toy store i think it makes it's i think people and it's not an excuse. I think it's just reason. I think realistically, they just don't. It's not as high a priority, and they don't run it the way they do. Because if you're if you're uh, if you're an online store, if you're like Big Bad, if you're Entertainment Earth, you know that pretty much you know you don't you don't have. I mean, once you know, occasionally some of these places will have some physical store that you can pick, but the majority of places they're just online. They're just all shipping. So it's really important to make sure you don't. Oversell what you have. That quant, you know, paying attention to what's in stock and having it tick down properly, you know, is is really important. You can see that in 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 the in the era of COVID, you can see that. And if you go to Sam, Sam's now, which I will give a lot of credit to, Sam's Club online. Uh, so far, since COVID began, which was three times in April. At one time already in in May, I've been able to place online orders at samsclub.com, and I've been able to get tissues because I actually was getting low on tissues, paper towels which haven't shipped yet, but they're but they're going to ship, Charmin toilet paper which did ship, and another thing a toilet Charmin toilet paper which at some point will ship, but it hasn't yet. But they have had a, they've been really good at getting stuff in stock. So let me do my plug for Sam's, but. Going tying it into what we're talking about, there have been multiple times with Sam's or with Staples and other places that when you're looking for supplies, that they show you on the screen that they have it, and you grab it and you add it into your cart, and then somewhere during the checkout process it disappears because guess what? They really don't have it anymore. But they're but the but the pay all the pay but every every part of the page hasn't updated. Somewhere in the system they flagged it to know to prevent you from being able to order it. Even though Staples, actually, I did place an order on Staples and they ended up canceling it, which I thought was lame as opposed to putting it on back order. But that's happened. But that happened with paper towels because I actually do use the Sam's brand of uh, their version of Bounty with the with the 
adjust, you know, the size, you know, make your size sheets and everything. And they had it for a good price. They actually dropped the price, which more props to them. But I, I, I added it to the cart and I did it like multiple times and it, and it was like, nope, I, it's like they must not have it in stock, but yet they're, they still are showing it physically where you, you can add it to your cart. You just, when you go to check out, it disappears. So I think it has to do with that dynamic of, and especially, and with Sam's, you give them a little bit, you, you cut them slack because they're much bigger and there's, and there's literally probably millions of people on their site at a, during the course of a day. So it's much harder to, to have your stock, you know, get cut down immediately. So instantaneously. Because there could be five people trying to add that one, adding that item into your cart, or getting ready to check out when literally the last, the last one that you actually have to sell just sells out as one transaction goes final, and that, and then the ripple effects, no pun intended, with, uh, takes effect. So I think it's easier for some place like Big Bad and Entertainment Earth, where they know where they have a reasonable, based on the relationship with Funko and and the distributors of of, of everything, that they have a reasonable expectation of. Of the quantity, that either they know, either it's set in stone. This is the quantity we're going to get, or we know we're getting this quantity. We'll try to get more, but we're being promised, and we're going to, and we're going to, this quantity. So we can't take any more orders past it. And if we get more, then we can make some available once the, you know, once they come into stock. But we're, we can only pre-sell so many. Uh, so I think I think that's the nature. I think that's the nature of the beast when you're. When you're, if you're a, if you're a Target and you're a Walmart or a Walgreens and you're selling it for toys, because that's not your, that's not your niche, uh, your niche, niche, however you want to pronounce it. The reality is, it's not your thing. So it's not, so having the same checks and balances in place, um, I think that's, I think that could be a large part of it. Related to the, to the, to the bag, the envelope. What I wanted to say, which was kind of equally. Equally annoying, actually worse. I mean, for you, I know having the boxes be in mint condition is, is important unless it's something you know you're going to open. I ordered something from Kohl's. I ordered a, a kitchen mat. Uh, if not, if not, wasn't a rug. It actually was a foam mat, but it had, but it had like a wood grain finish on it. And actually, for, it's for my mom's. Uh, she just had a new floor put in last week in the kitchen. So I ordered it, and that, and they shipped it in one of those bags. Which on one level makes sense because this way it comes flat. Because it's not like it's a regular rug that you throw in the washing machine or something where you can fold it up, stick it in a, in a small box. You can understand based on the nature of what this is, you want to ship it flat. But they didn't wrap it in anything. So the only thing, so basically inside the, that bag is the mat. And of course, when they sealed the bag, guess what? The adhesive stuck to the mat. So pretty much there was no way you could open that package without ripping chunks off the mat so this morning i was on i was on i was dealing with coals and giving coals a little bit of props until the second one comes and the same thing happens they're replacing it and i and they're not making me send the first one back so but the point is that again it's the way you ship things it's 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 putting a little thought into it if they had just wrapped that item in something to keep it safe then the adhesive would have only if they had wrapped it in paper then the plastic, then the, the the adhesive would only have stuck to the paper. It would never have stuck to the item. So again, so you're looking at people, people at these places. It's like they don't think twice. I mean, obviously, when you get a shipment from from Big Bad Toy Store or Entertainment Earth, they're usually in good sized cardboard boxes. There's there's bubble wrap, uh, or, or pillow air pillows, or even popcorn, depending on what you ordered. Uh, 
So I think it's the na- I think it's the nature of who's doing it, and I think some places are better at it, and they and they understand it better, and it's their specialty. And other places, you know, they just they just do what they do, and people some people just some I'm sure I'm sure some people who do packing at any place it's more important to them that they take pride in their work, and they rather make sure something arrives safe, even if it, even if they go above and beyond. As opposed to just ah eh, do the bare minimum and what and if something goes wrong wrong we'll replace it which is really easy you know easier said than done when if it's something like with a body wash or a deodorant or or maybe a, a shirt that's not you know not as a, a limited edition or anything like that but when it's something you only have limited stock in to begin with and it's just, that you can't just roll the dice and oh it's going to arrive okay and oh we'll replace it oh guess what we can't or we don't have enough to even send it so. I don't know. I think that I think all those factors play in, but I do. I mean, I certainly think you have a reason to be, to be upset about it. I would, I would, I would be upset, especially now, especially nowadays. Well, yes, Walgreens happens to still be open, but if it was, if it, if it was an exclusive for a store that, or something that they, that was not considered, you know, uh, that really wasn't able to really be open because it wasn't, you know, critical to in this current environment that it it would be uh i think it would be more of a problem too that's an extra bonus to that for sure well uh hey man thanks for your opinion i just i just wanted to bring it up because uh yeah i felt like i was shouting into the vacuum and uh you know uh, as long as uh, as long as it makes sense to you then uh i guess i'm not completely off my nut so no i mean i i think there i think there I think the reality is that when when whenever you do a pre whenever you do a pre-order for something I think there's a reasonable expectation that you're going to get it because they should I you don't ever expect it to be canceled and then find out oh yeah it's it's there there's like fifth there's five of them in the store but yet they canceled your online order that 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 really should that should not be happening if it's if it's an item that they just were supposed to carry, but they ended up not carrying, like those X-ray figures that I had pre-orders in on Big Bad Toy Store for a bunch of them, and then for whatever reason they must have not been able to get those in when they thought they were going to get them in. So all, like the three or four that I had pre-ordered, all got canceled. Boom, 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 boom. But that's not something you were likely to just bump into it at, at, at a at a toy store. Even I mean, well, actually, they did, I think they did have. A, on occasion, they had a rare one at Toys R Us when Toys R Us existed, but it still wasn't something you were likely to bump into, and you, and there could have been X factors there because that's uncommon. But you don't expect, yeah, you don't, you don't expect it to be a common thing where you place a pre-order, and you find out, oh, you just, you're almost waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's like I ordered it, but until I get a shipping notice, I'm still expecting it to be canceled. That's it. That they they shouldn't be doing that. That's not the. You should not. You should have a higher level of confidence when you're dealing with um, when you're dealing with an, any place when you're when you're ordering from than that. Yeah, I agree. I hope he's home. Why does it sound like I'm using a phone in the UK? I told you never to call me again. Yeah.
I know. And modern science has yet to create a device to measure how much I don't care. Look, I'm getting the trailer for this year's JL May together, and I assumed I had to make you a part of it since you're always in everybody's trailer or something. <laughs> well, look at you leading this year's JL May. Somebody's wearing his big boy pants. So what's the theme? I sent you an email like a month ago. Like I even pay attention to anything you send me. Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis? No, Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I'm not following. Shocking. The theme this year, I'm, I'm going to, like I'm talking to a child. The theme this year is Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I thought it was a fascinating time period in DC's history. So a bunch of us are getting together to talk about the various specials and miniseries and crossovers that led up to Infinite Crisis. It's the event before the event. The whole thing is going to kick off on April 30th, 2020, with a special episode of Views from the Long Box covering the Countdown to Infinite Crisis 80-page giant. And from there, a whole bunch of shows that I will be adding in post-production will discuss these previously mentioned miniseries and crossover issues. And people actually agreed to this? Shockingly, yes! Well, it's probably a good thing that you're going to cover Countdown to Infinite Crisis instead of the Countdown series, because that was a train wreck. Yeah, you know, actually, that was my thinking, too. Now, are you going to help me with this trailer or not? Fine. I will help you with your little trailer. Good. Uh, don't worry, by the way. There won't be any dates for you to get wrong. I hate you so much. JL May 2020. Countdown to Infinite Crisis. The event before the event. This crossover kicks off on April 30th, 2020, on Views from the Long Box. And continues into Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water podcast, Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, Pop Culture Affidavit, It All Comes Back to Superman, The Fan Holes Podcast, Justice's First Dawn, The Birds of Prey Podcast, Married with Comics, The Coffee and Comics Podcast, The Longbox Crusade, Task Force X, Relatively Geeky Presents, Wonder Woman, Warrior for Peace, and the Dr. DC Podcast. Alright, man. Uh, you want to jump into the review? No, but no, yeah. It's, yes, I'm only kidding. This, act, this actually, which is, which is the ultimate... Either irony or the what, what makes you want to bang your head against the wall with Morrison to begin with is for every issue he gives us, like issue two, then he'll give us an issue like this. You know, which is still Morrison-esque. I mean, it's not, you know, this is not, you know, like, this is not like Spidey super stories on an easy reader <laughs> level. But it's as straightforward as we ever get from Morrison, and it's like, except for the ending, but I mean, but the actual story itself that's in the main you know the main thing we're dealing with is like so it's it's just weird it's, it's almost like he maybe he feels he has or dc feels it's like you have to give them one of these issues you can't give them two of those issues back to back it's like uh so this is yes issue three of the green lantern which i kind of i like i kind of like the cover the art is really interesting in this book to begin with very paint the painted style is really is really interesting so on the cover we have, in a new world of high-altitude, extra-dimensional peril, keeping that Grant Morrison hyperbole he's been doing ever since he's taken over the book, can Hal Jordan survive the thunderous wrath of the one of the Weather Lords? 
Spoiler alert, yes. <laughs> Alrighty then. So, we we begin with you know some exposition. I'll read this for I'll read most of this just because it sets this issue up. You know, it begins on Earth and we in, are in the city of Alto Lin, Alto Linda, California. On Wonder Mountain, uh, th- like that doesn't sound ominous. Wonder Mountain. <laughs> it's like no one could have predicted what would happen next in this small in the small Californian town. At 11:23 that warm and luminous spring night, the cloud came rumbling down from the peaks. By 11:25, there would be no doubt that things would never be the same again. Which I don't necessarily know if that's really true, but I guess psychologically, I guess from a peace of mind perspective, it would be. So we get so now we now that now we take place in the you know the the next morning here, and how you know Hal's Hal showing up. Uh, he is he really is he at Ferris here? Mm-mm. That's right. I didn't think so because but it's the whole X three hundred because that that's a, isn't that's a number we've heard before, isn't it? From a ten yeah. plane perspective, from 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 Ferris or whatever, that so Hal Hal, show, Hal shows up and uh, at you know, the 412th test wing, and everybody and he's calling, and obviously they know who you know what Hal Jordan, what his real job is because they they kind of refer to you know his Green Lantern uh, tenure here, and we find you know Hal shows up and it's like I'm 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 on planet Earth waiting for a bad guy to break cover but I heard you were having some unusual problems here Herc so so he shows up to find to kind of <clears throat> to get to get the dirt and of course we also get these little ornitho babies that hatched in the last episode issue and our last regular issue review too episode that following the which is not entirely true but the idea that you know, birds will latch on to whatever they see first when they're hatched as as their parent, and these birds, these ornitho babies here, have all latched on to Hal, so they've kind of they're kind of following Hal, you know, wherever he goes. I like when Hal kind of I like when kind of Hal tells them, you know, to uh, you know, to kind of like take off, but like uh, don't touch anything, and they, as they fly off and. Uh, so we we find out that the you know the old gang as as uh, Herc refers to them as the old gang was running tests on uh, the X three hundred plane, and we find out that the, the tests were Gil Hernandez, Jillian Perlman, and Lou Byrne. And of course, Jillian Perlman, which answers a much much the, the question of many people well, we had for a while, and most people forgot about it, as did uh, Jeff Johns and crew that uh that's cowgirl, that Jillian Perlman was actually cowgirl. That we haven't seen in like, in for any way, shape, or form, or certainly of consequence in ages, and we find out that uh, cowgirl's missing, and only only one only one made it home of, of the of the test pilots, uh, and uh, Shane Shane made it home. Rocket Man is his call signal, and. He's trying. To, they're trying to explain what happened about you know, and he's saying, oh, there's a big sky or big or bigger blue, and you know, it's just you know, it doesn't make any sense. And he's not really giving Hal that much to go on, but he just says, go, go, like go get him, highball, cowgirls there. You you know, you go get him. And as soon as, as soon as he says that, you know, Hal, you know, Hal is Hal, so he's ready to go, and Hal's ready to t- you know to, to jump back into the X three hundred, the tele the, t- the teleport plane. That Hal's ready to go test it, and Hal 
a nice throwback to the old days with how with how he takes his ring off and he gives it he gives his power ring to Herc, who unfortunately kind of has a Emperor Palpatine look about him a little bit there. Uh, and he says to him, like, you know, just do me a favor and hold on to this because I, I never worse, I never want, you know use a safety net when I'm testing a plane, which which was again like I said, it was a nice it was a nice uh, callback. Hal's little ornotho baby shows show up again and uh, they're kind of sad that that Hal's flying off and you know. And Hal's like, you guys, I have to work. And it's like, go back to your people. You have homing abilities. Don't you go. They have the saddest looks on their face, don't they? <laughs> Especially the one to the left, which kind of looks like toothless. They kind of drew him like toothless. But the but but the main one, you know, right right in the foreground. My God, he looks. He has a cat-like face, and, and he looks like he's gonna cry. He really, he, it's like it's like, why are you leaving us? It's like, well, the next panel, they are crying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So is that a tear? I I think let's see. Let me go. No, those whiskers. Yeah, I think, no. I think the, yeah, they're downward whiskers. But but the, let's be honest. The odds are we'll see we'll see these little guys again. But it's sad. Uh, which just shows you it's a good thing Hal's not a father. <laughs> he's failing. He's failing parenting. Even if it's pet parenting 101. Um, so Hal jumps in the in the test plane. He goes. Uh, he he goes to Mach, he goes up to Mach four and of course um, which is not what Hork wanted him to do he wanted to take it easy you know he keep he keeps pushing this and Hal keeps incorrectly remembering different things I I just don't see Hal being a tenacious D guy uh, yeah he Hork was like take it up gently gently yes saying it's like does this word gently mean anything That's right. to you as, and as Hal hits Mach four. But it, it reminds me of that Adam saying the Hitchhiker's Guy, and then there's the Tenacious D song. So for those of you who don't know, and I won't say the word, but the title of the song is F Her Gently. <laughs> so Hal was referencing a song about screwing, so, so pretty I, on brand for Hal, but I don't, don't know if he listens to, yeah, to, 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 to Jables in them. So. Yeah, so based on the name of the song, is it 100% on Hal-like? Maybe not, but I don't really see Hal being a Tenacious D fan. I, 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 I don't know if that's a... If that's a a Grant Morrison thing or a Liam Sharp thing, but I, I suspect that. Or or when Hal butchers the, you know, when he's thinking of the, what's a Dylan Thomas, and he butchers it and calls it Bob Dylan. Um, even though Hal, I think, makes a legitimate, mis- a very common mistake saying do not go gently into that good night, which I think a lot of people make that mistake instead of do not go gentle into that good night. But that's very on brand. You wouldn't expect Hal to know poetry. Oh, I agree with you. That's why I don't, I don't, the reality is, I don't think this this scene or this little ex- exchange really, really works. But as he as he continues to do that, you know, basically he's he's using using the teleporting plane. There's this huge like like thundercloud or this rip, and we was it what is it umamu umami? The name I'm trying. I'm, I, U M M M I U. So Amamu, Amamu. Let's say Umamu. Umiu or something yeah, like that. I'm gonna say Umamu, just even though I'll probably butcher it later. So, so Hal after after you know, like the big explosion and Umamu is her, it's heard in the background. Hal ends up basically he's like in this weird, like this weird dimension, um, or location. Hal Hal you know tries to tries to land the plane as safely as he can. Um, he he. Yeah, he pretty much does make. He lands it. The plane is in is in one piece at least for, for the most part. 
It really is at this point. And so that's a success for Hal. Another happy landing, as Obi-Wan would say. And Hal, and Hal meanwhile, he, he continues to talk out, you know, think out loud, which is kind of funny. But then he realizes, I have no ring, so I was like, I'm officially talking to myself. Which, in all honesty, as a Green Lantern, he's so used to it, why would anybody... You know, it would be so second nature to him. And Hal's like, as for land, your underfoot is semi-solid, seething, intelligent. Renga could use composition analysis. Oh, wait. If Hal didn't just say he didn't have his ring two seconds ago, I think that would have been a little more believable. That he could have forgotten that he didn't have his ring. But basically, basically he finds yeah, he finds cowgirl, and and who's this is Hernandez, right? Is this Hernandez? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he finds Gil, uh, and and Gil is dead. Gil is dead, and. They're trying to figure out, you know, they're trying to figure out what's go- what's going on here, and you know, Hal's like, uh, "You were here before me. You think it sounds angry because it's coming our way." And you hear Umamu and lightning, and you know, it's like a reddish background, and lightning is, lightning is, is crashing. Then we hear, then we hear another Umamu, and every- everything turns purple, and of course, uh, the X three hundred gets destroyed. So if they were planning on getting to the ship and flying back, yeah, that's not, that's really not going to work. Uh, Cowgirl says, you know, whatever it is, whatever it just did, it, it's not angry. It's sad. Can't you hear it? It's calling out. And, it's you know, it, it's calling out a name, which is that Umamu name. And it's looking for someone or something. Maybe we could we could help it if it hadn't just wrecked our best way out of here. Uh, meanwhile, now we go, they reference that the, the town of Alta Linda, which we had talked about in the beginning. And we and we see like this. Uh, this cloud. It's this, this uh, like living, breathing cloud thing, um, which reaches down and, and and you know connects, like arc arcing sparks and connects to the population, and you kind of see this thing above Wonder Mountain, and it's kind of got you know it's, it's kind of like a like a like a Stave Puck Marshmallow Man kind of cloudy figure, and of course now we ca- we start getting an explanation of what's going on that this mon- that, that the so-called monster cloud's name was Umamu. Um, Oh, and you know they had no idea that he was loved, and we ba- and we find lo- you know, lo- long story short here, we find out that uh, that this is the cloud. The cloud is the pet of the creature that's in, that they basically in that other dimension, that thunder lightning creature that Omamu or Amamu is his pet, and he lost track of his pet, and he's cry- and he's crying out to him, trying to trying to get him. Uh, Hal and Jillian are returned. Uh, I guess the the cloud monster, the uh, the uh, what call it? The thunder the thunder lord there must have figured out maybe this, he can help. They can help or whatever because they send them back through the portal. And of course, Herc Herc is planning on attacking and, and the cloud monster because that's what he was aiming to do anyway. Uh, Cowgirl has a parachute. Uh, Hal Hal does not, but he gets re- he gets rescued by his fly babies, these little or- Onesso babies, who see much have a satisfied look on their face. It's like, see, you got rid of us, and you needed us, didn't you, man? <laughs> um, Hal, you know, Hal does end up Hal does end up getting getting his ring back, but it, it, we hear some dialogue about you know the um um 
Mamu knew the poisonous, hopeless voltage crawl of fear for the first time and called out in its newfound panic and loss. And in answer came human thunder and the roar of flame because basically those are missiles being shot at it in judgment. But of course, uh, basically Hal, Hal steps in and he mentions that you know the, the, the main creature that you know, wiped out the X-300 and had captured Jillian and everything you know, was... This is a nice explanation. This creature is an elemental inhabitant of a lower dimensional liquid... Con- Continuum. It's like, okay. It's searching for a lost pet, one of several creatures which fell through holes you ripped in space-time using the X-300. It's like, right now, the creature is letting those people go unharmed, like a puppy dropping a toy, and I'm telling you to stand down by authority of the Guardians of the Universe. And I like the way Hal's got that, you know, like the uh, Chinook or whatever, like in a, in a green energy hand. I thought that was a nice touch. And... Uh, Herc there is not really he's not really fond of this and he and of this it's like who the hell are you to give us instructions blah 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 and it says don't make me repeat myself as my job to prevent disputes arising between human beings and non-terrestrial neighbors I'm Earth's policeman I'm telling you to take your toys and go home and it's like a unsafe teleport technology endangers human and alien lives and threatens Earth security Hal looks pretty angry and parallaxy there um and as for you, and Hal's talking to the interdimensional being, take a hamumu mo- a mo- a there and get out of here. You know, this is this is not a nice neighborhood, and pretty much that's exactly that's exactly what happens. Uh, Hal mentions, you know, they ditched they ditched the X three hundred Ferris development pulled out of the manufacturing contact of the contract, so no more giant cloud animals falling through teleporting wormholes. It's like, hey, that's got to count for a win. Cowgirl says. And of course, we find out that Rocket Man's going to pull through. You know, they're they're at a bar, and they're just kind of like uh, they're they're, they're, they're having a toast at the end, even though um, Tal makes some you know kind of like comment about you know she does about it's not every day you save it, prevent an interdimensional war, and it's like uh, Hal and she's like what with you it pretty much is and. Hal's like, well, how about a better toast? Like, how about a toast, you know, to absent friends? Which Lord knows she has been absent, so they clang, you know, they clang their bottles. And then we get, the, and then we kind of get this, uh, the epilogue, which is the planet Chronotine, throne world of the crowned Imperia in Sector 28114, headquarters of the United Planets Superwatch. Uh, there can be no second thoughts now, Power Lord. Uh, making sure I get, I'm not missing any dialogue here since I'm doing the have to read this on screen it's like but it and it, it's lady q and it's like we're talking about this the wedding of hyperboy and princess Alestra must proceed exactly as planned and like face it we already killed one green lantern in the name of saving the universe what's one more to be continued with the flash apparently yes the flash is coming next hmm uh the art was interesting the art was good but i don't know man if i was reading this uh trade paperback style i might turn the page and uh wonder what the heck happened to the art uh, in the middle but it's still liam sharp so he just gets to do something different i guess yeah that threw me off too i had to i had to go back and double check because i because clearly it doesn't look like liam sharp's work overall i mean i guess uh because that but it's it's a good testament to how good he is that he can do this painted style and it's still and it there are some obviously 
there are aspects of it that are reminiscent of the way he normally draws Hal and, and other things. Um, certain panels more than others, like right right when Hal shows up in the in the in the dimension and he finds cowgirl and everything. That seems very Liam Sharpie. But there's so much of the stuff that's painted that it's so graphic novel like that it does kind of it doesn't yeah you're right it doesn't really flow particularly well with the usual art style it's interesting that you like the regular cover i actually prefer the scott williams and uh Arif, uh friantino cover uh the variant cover um i actually i just sent it to you on facebook if you haven't seen it i i don't know why i just don't like this cover could be the style it could be you know the the super red background, red and orange, and and how how almost just looks like he's uh, copied and pasted over the top of it, as opposed to actually a part of the scene. I don't I don't know what the thing is that I don't like about this cover. I, I just don't like it. Uh, I prefer the the variant. Uh, so that's the one I'll be uh, looking out for when the physical copy is or something I can buy. I I can see why you would like it. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I do still like the other cover better than this one. Yeah, I'll I'll take the little. If for no other reason, the other cover seems to match, go with the actual content of and art of, inside the book a little bit more. So I think. True. Uh, I guess they are at Ferris because he says at the very end that they said Ferris right. pulled out of the contract. That's why, so that's I, guess, why, I guess it's Ferris. I thought it was the Air Force, and he was like a civilian contractor. That's yeah. I I I, I, I thought it was Ferris, but I wasn't sure because in all honesty, I lied. I only read this fully once last night, and I read it when I did the recap. But I do remember them mentioning the Ferris thing at the end, and I did. And the X three hundred was a number I remember hearing before, so I kind of assumed they were at Ferris. But I wasn't 100% sure, so that's why I was. That's that's why I asked because it's not like you see the sign Ferris Aircraft behind him or anything. So, yeah. But um, hey, uh, as far as if if you wanted to pitch what Green Lantern is and does, and it can it can be Hal, John, it doesn't matter. What does a Green Lantern do? These two pages where Hal shows up and and it kind of says, hey. Um, uh, I'm telling you to stand down by the authority of the Guardians, and then he says, it's my job to prevent, prevent disputes arising between human beings and non-terrestrial neighbors. I'm Earth's policeman, and I'm telling you to take your toys and go home. I mean, that's a, about as concise and quick of a recap as what Green Lantern stories should be about, especially if you're going to focus on the Lantern protecting uh, their sector or their, their, their home planet. I agree. Um... I just think, yeah, overall, I think this issue worked because I kind of, I mean, I like the story. It's, I mean, it's the, it's the animal lover in me, the pet thing. I thought that was sweet. I mean, because it's just on a, you know, a much bigger cosmic level, but it's like, it's like, okay, this, this thing lost its pet and it's crying and it's, and it's looking for it and it's, and it's upset that it, that it, that it can't find it and it's worried about it and, and the pet's just playing around like a dog, you know, letting the dog outside in the yard and it's, and it's like a, it's a yard it's never been in before. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go check all this stuff out. So I, I liked I liked that you know that basic concept. I think it's it's kind of universal. So I think I think it works. I think the story up until you get all this crap at the end uh, with Lady Q and all that stuff. That if you left out that one additional page, this issue is about as straightforward again as as straightforward as any Morrison issue that we've gotten in, in his year plus on, 
of stories. So I, I liked it, and as as many people have said, and we know you're you're a big champion on this idea that coming off coming off of the last issue, this was a welcome change of pace. I mean, yeah, um, I I like how there's some carryover, so you don't feel totally lost between issues. There's a bit of feeling lost. Um, I I had to admit between them getting back from that dimension and then how immediately connecting it to what's happening in the city. So I'm not sure how he was aware of what was happening or, or, or what, but I think it probably had something to do with the ring flying back to him because it seemed like it was aware of it. So maybe we sort of, maybe we missed a scene or are just supposed to infer that the, the ring flew back to Hal and alerted him to what was going on. I, I don't know. But, uh, but otherwise, it felt pretty connected um, to the issue that came before it in terms of like a linear story. Uh, I would, as much as I like the fact that Liam got a chance to to spread his wings and show strut his stuff here, uh, I I think uh, when I read this whole thing in trade, uh, it's it's not going to uh, jibe well in terms of reading a linear story when I turn the page from two to three. Um, which was basically my my big th- concern with with uh, issue one to two is you know issue one ended and Hal's getting in a truck and then the next thing we know the whole story is you know verbally and narratively you know completely different than it was before we're in a different setting a different space and it just felt so jarring uh, I think artistically the same thing happened here but obviously to to a bit of a lesser extent because. You know, it's just doing something different. And it's I don't know that there was necessarily an in story reason to change up the art. It just seemed like something that the two were like, yeah, man, go for it. Let's have fun. And and I can completely get and appreciate that. But at the same time, if I'm being honest, something about it a little bit bugs me that we're just going to so drastically change up the art just because we want to have fun. Yeah, I mean. I, I can see that. I, I can see that. I I think I think number one for me it was just such a nice change of pace from what we got last issue. And mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, the fact that pretty much for the time being it seems I mean a, a, while both books are going on at the same time, I'm kind of gotten this book to review and you've gotten uh, Far Sector. So the, the mere fact that this book is actually understandable <laughs> and not making me bang my head against the wall, it's like oh okay I'm happy. <laughs> Even if even if the story is is nothing necessarily anything to write home about, it's it's I'm happy that it's not issue two. It's not Morrison, you know. It's not Morrison. It's not full Morrison. It's Morrison, not even probably barely like halfway up the dial. And it's like I will I will take that. <laughs> I will take that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I thought it was enjoyable. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad I read it, but. Honestly, as as enjoyable as the story was, I don't think there was any because I I said after issue two that if we weren't doing this podcast, that's where I would have dropped the book 100 percent. I don't see anything in issue three that would make me go if I had dropped it with issue two, would I have regretted not reading issue three? No, but given the fact that I had to and did anyways, is three better? Yes. Thank you for not making me bang my head against the wall and scream into the ether and rant ad nauseum for two issues in a row. I appreciate that. 
But this 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 drastic peaks and valleys shit has got to stop. So let's 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 pick a lane and stay in it. Which is probably the dumbest thing to ask someone like Morrison to do, considering everything he's ever done in the past. So I'll I'll just give that up. But but yeah, that's that's my that's my last thought on it. So be, anything else we want to talk about? Be careful what you wish for, though, because you just because we because we might we might get one lane and they stay in it, and it might be the lane we hate, <laughs> <laughs> and we still have to review it. So I'll 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 take a little lane jumping just if it makes it a a little easier. To for for the reviews, but the reality is, as a story, you know, it's a one, it's it's a one, it's on the surface, it's a one-off story. It's is it going to be other than the fact that I I do think it was cute with the pet thing, but is it is it overly memorable? No, but I got to be honest with you, the at this stage, I don't think mu- I really don't think much of the Morrison run has been particularly memorable, nor do I think it's going to be. Unless we get some, unless there's some real big, big massive status quo change that carries forward towards the end of his run on this book, I don't think most of the stories that he's told in this book are going to be revisited, and I don't think they're going to have long-term ramifications on whoever takes the book after him. So I, I don't, I would, yeah, I would, I would suspect that as of now, I would say, certainly, obviously, we won't even talk about Johns because that's 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 a given. But even looking at Robert Venditti, I think Robert Venditti did more did more stuff that has long term ramifications. Even if somebody, even if it's just because somebody's going to come in and want to undo it, some of the stuff that he did, at least he had some serious ramifications. You can't say that there weren't ramifications to things that that he did during his run. And I don't think I don't the the Morrison run might end up being somewhat memorable just because it was Grant Morrison on Green Lantern, but. Based on what we've seen so far, I don't think that many people are going to remember certainly the stories that were told in it. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we got for you guys tonight. Uh, we're going to keep it relatively short and sweet. Uh, it's. I think we're once we edit this down, we should be just under an hour. So, Mark, do you want to tell people how they can reach out to us? Lanterncast at gmail.com. The Yes, lanterncast at gmail.com is the email. Sorry, my brain was, I was thinking of something. Uh, the email, you got that. The website is lanterncast.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to locate us on those. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, whichever platform or platforms you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, the voicemail is 708 Lantern. 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.